This is Ask Me Another. I'm your host, Ophira Eisenberg, the first female game show host ever to be paid entirely in NPR tote bags. <laughs> Next to me on the stage this week are our Ask Me Another puzzle guys, Art Chung. Hey, Ophira. Hello, Art Chung. And Greg Pliska. Glad to be here. Welcome. More from them later on, but first, let's give it up for our man brave enough to band it alone, Mr. Jonathan Colton. Hello. <laughs> and on stage with me right now are our first two contestants. Let's welcome Matt Carmen. Hello. And Sarah Whiteloff. Hi. Hi. Welcome to both of you. Matt, uh, I hear that you have a zine called I Love Bad Movies. That's right. I, I do, and I do. And you do, and you do. So in this zine, do you just review your favorite bad movies? Uh, that's my fiance and I. We edit, and it's about two dozen writers and artists, some friends of ours and people we're fans of, just writing about great bad movies. <laughs> okay. That sounds fun. So what makes a great bad movie? Uh, when someone sets out to make a good movie, and they don't. Ah. <laughs> Few people set out to make a bad movie. Because those end up being fantastic. Yeah. That's right. And Sarah, you're an artist. What is your medium? I do collage work. I also do photography and some video stuff. I make jewelry, kind of a little bit of everything. Yeah, it sounds like collage, jewelry. <laughs> so you, you can do it all is basically yeah. what you're saying, and photography. Do you show it or do you sell it? How do you, how do you get your art out there? I've had a couple of gallery shows. Oh, fantastic. But, um, I mean, it's sort of like a side thing. Um, it's not a, a big way to make money. So, <laughs> what art's not a big way to make money? Oh my god, I'm screwed. I know newsflash. So, <laughs> well, this is a game that we are excited about playing. It's called Two Tickets to Parodies. <laughs> yes, this is a this is about the song parodies of the one and only Weird Al Yankovic. Oh, Weird Al Yankovic, yes. The king of the parody songs. Indeed. Popular amongst our audience and to many of us in the world. Yes. Who knew you could make so much money just making fun of things? Who knew? Weird Al knew all along. <laughs> so, contestants, I'm going to play you some Weird Al songs. Uh, we want you to complete the lyrics to the Weird Al version, not the original version, uh, and just ring in when you know the answer. Ring in all you want. We're still going to have Jonathan continue playing because, as it turns out, this show is not really about you. Uh, and after the song, we'll ask you a follow-up question. Either of you can ring in, and that follow-up question will be about whatever we darn well please. Yeah. Okay, contestants, ready? I finally made it through med school. Somehow I made it through. Just an intern, I still make a mistake or two. Like a... Matt. Like a surgeon. Matt, that is correct. Like a surgeon. I feel like you uh, figured it out in your head at the last minute, Matt. You were like, what is it? What it is it? Right and then you the got end, it yeah. right there. And that, of course, is a play on Madonna's Like a Virgin. But before Madonna hit it big, she was briefly a member of a band called The Breakfast Club. She wasn't the band's lead singer. No. What instrument... Did Madonna play? Sarah. Did she play the bass? That's a great guess, but no, she did not play the bass. Matt, do you have a guess? Uh, did she play the drums? <gasps> she did play the drums. Who knew? 
Okay. Four thirty in the morning, I'm milking cows. Jebediah feeds the chickens, and Jacob plows, fool. And I've been milking and plowing so long that even Ezekiel thinks my mind is gone. We've been spending most our lives living in Matt. An Amish paradise. An Amish paradise. I can tell, Matt, you wanted to sing that. Amish culture requires its members to live simply, go without most technology, remain devoted to the church. However... I think I know what it is. (laughs) However, Amish teenagers are sometimes allowed to break many of these rules during a short period known by a Pennsylvania Dutch term that translates to running around. What is it, Sarah? That would be Romspringa. Romspringa is correct. Oh, yeah. Sarah, I have to ask. You heard that this was a question about Amish stuff, and you were like, I got this one? <laughs> it's like the one, you know, like, funny Amish thing. So, yeah. <laughs> really? Just the one? <laughs> Furniture, not that funny. I mean, wow. their outfits. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing none of them will ever hear this. <laughs> yes, they will. They will for that one week. <laughs> well, you they think can during run spring, they're going to listen to Ask Me Another? <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Potato skins, potato cakes, hash browns, and instant flakes, baked or boiled, a french fry, there's no kind you haven't tried, whoa, you like them whether they are plain or the stuff, oh yeah, better face the facts, it seems you can't get enough, you know you're gonna have to face it, you're addicted to Matt. I'm not familiar with this one, but I'm going to go with the most obvious joke, which is Spuds. Spuds is the obvious answer. The children's toy known as Mr. Potato Head debuted in 1952. That's right, audience. Excited about it. It was a kit for kids, of course, to make their own custom figurines with accessories such as eyeglasses, a pipe, facial hair... In response to complaints of children playing with rotting food, what key component was added to the kit in 1964? Matt. The eyes? The eyes. I know, the audience gasps because that is incorrect. I thought it would make it seem too real for the kids. Right, especially the angry eyes, right? They don't need to see that too soon. I understand. Sarah, can you steal this one? Oh, the potato part. The potato! I know, it's like the lamest toy ever when it's like toy not included. Like that is... That's right. Tell me why I need another pet rock. Tell me why I got that alpha long clock. Tell me why I bid on Shatner's old toupee. They had it on eBay. That's right, Matt. Singing eBay. In 2005, a gray Volkswagen Golf was sold on eBay for more than $277,000 because it had once been owned by what prominent German? Matt. Would that be the Pope? Okay. Which Pope? 
Oh, it is a pope. It, it might be a pope. Uh, pope John Paul II? Oh, I'm sorry. We're, we're, we're going to need... We're gonna need... Oh, I forgot where he's from. Yeah. Pope Benedict? Pope Benedict! But back then, he was just old Cardinal Joe Ratzinger. That's who he was back then when he bought that gulf. So I get my handcuffs, my cyanide pills, the classified dossier. Tapping the phones like you, shredding the files like you. Memorized all the enemy spies, I've got to neutralize today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a party in the CIA. Matt is correct. Party in the CIA. That was Weird Al's parody of Miley Cyrus's party in the USA. I actually did not know that was by Miley Cyrus. I always thought it was by a computer. Um, The CIA is the foreign intelligence gathering organization for the United States. The United Kingdom's foreign intelligence agency, the Secret Intelligence Service, is popularly known as what? Matt. Is that MI6? MI6 is correct. Yes, it is. I'm a little hungry one, hungry one. Open up a package of Matt. Oh, my lasagna. Oh, sorry, Matt. My bologna. Sarah steals it with my bologna. You guys are great competitors. I love it. Okay. One of the most famous jingles in television commercial history is Oscar Myers. My baloney has a first name. It's O-S-C-A-R. And the commercial debuted in the early 70s featuring a four-year-old boy singing the song while also doing what? Unsupervised. Matt. Was he smoking? <laughs> Yes. No. No, he was not smoking and selling bologna. You should, you should always supervise your child while he's smoking. He's just thinking about bologna and smoking. He's just thinking about bologna and smoking. Singing and smoking. Sarah. Was he making a bologna sandwich? You'd think he was making a bologna sandwich, but he was not. He was, audience? Fishing. He was fishing. Obviously a terrible fisher at four, not catching fish and therefore eating bologna. All right, looks like we have a winner. Matt, you scored more points. So you will be going on to our Ask Me One More final round coming up at the end of the show. Having a huge hand for Sarah, everybody. Thank you so much, contestants. Now it's time when we talk about our mystery guest. This special guest comes in later in on our show. I ask them simple questions about their life to distract them from the real event. It's a trivia game they have to play because it's been written just for them. So, Art, do you have a clue as to who our mystery guest is? I do, Afira. Do you need a nine-letter word for a well-mannered table tennis grip? Well, I do. We're pretty sure our mystery guest knows because he loves table tennis and words. We're so confident we'll shake on it. Ooh. Thank you, Art. (laughs) Anyways, if you like to mash words together... For no good reason, you'd make a great contestant on our show. So reach out to us on Tweetbook or Face Hitter. 
Or send an email to askmeanother at npr.org, and we'll send you a quiz. And if nothing else, you'll have something very exciting to distract you from your real work. Unless, of course, you are building a bridge. In that case, please stay focused. <laughs> Coming up, we've got some rapturous rhymes in a game of puzzle poetry. I'm your host, Ophira Eisenberg, and this is NPR's Ask Me Another. to Ask Me Another, connecting people to puzzles since 2012. I'm your host, Ophira Eisenberg, and joining me right now is puzzle extraordinaire, Greg Pliska. And let's welcome our contestants. We have Marty Ambus and James Bronson. Hi, guys. Welcome to Ask Me Another. Hi. Hi. Thank you. So, James, uh, you work making, or you used to work making data visualizations, is that right? I still do for uh, some consulting clients. Okay, what are, what are data visualizations exactly? So, I take big piles of numbers and make pictures out of them that you can use to make judgments about the data you've got. Like uh, Picasso's? Uh, there's the artistic side and there's the nerdy side. I'm on the nerdy side. Okay. <laughs> so, um, oh, like, so, so more like superheroes. Well, no, more like, you know, uh, how your third graders did on math last year, that kind of thing. Okay, still totally confused. Very good. <laughs> Marty, you're a cyclist extraordinaire? Extraordinaire, sure, yeah. Do you have a bike problem? I do. Uh, I actually saw this bike, which I shall affectionately call Cowbike. So Cowbike has, it weighs about 125 pounds. <laughs> it has real bullhorns as handlebars. It has, uh, it actually has a nose ring, like a steer, but I chased it for three years, and what do I do first is I get it. Yeah. I take a video of me on my iPhone riding away, which I realized was not very safe, and I have had to replace car bumpers. From your bike? It's 125 pounds, and I'm not a small guy. It's a lot of weight come down the road. It's called a cow bike, officially? Yeah. Okay. I'm excited to have you guys as contestants because between the data visualizationist two sings in his head and the guy with the cow bike problem, what I'm saying is that we finally managed to get my people up on stage. So thank you. All right, Greg, what is this game we're subjecting them to? Something called Sublime Rhymes? Exactly. Sublime and rhyme because they rhyme. Sublime and rhyme. Oh, mm -hmm. excellent. Now, we've put together some fun rhyming phrases and our contestants, uh, Data, Mike, and Cowbike. Um, no, James, sorry, James and Marty will uh, have to guess what they are from the clues. For example, if I said, name a classic cartoon penguin dressed up as the disgraced lip syncers of Girl, You Know It's True, you would say... Millie Vanilli Chili Willy. Exactly right. right, Millie okay. Vanilli Chili Willy. Oh, so, James and Marty, if you know the sublime rhyme in time, ring your chime. <laughs> we'll trouble. see the winner of this game in our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. If everyone's ready, here we go. It's a hostess chocolate cake shaped like a giant ape from Skull Island. Marty. Uh, King Dong Kong. <laughs> Could you say that again for our family audience? 
I'm sorry, I, I misspoke. The Ding Dong Kong. Ah, I oh, see the it's problem. the classic King Don Ding Dong <laughs> discrepancy. <laughs> no, this is a regional thing. In other parts of the country, Ding Dongs are called King Dons. In the great oh. state of Ohio, they are. I think he's right. Wow. Yeah, because I was going to say Vachon King Kong. <laughs> In France, that's what they're called. Which even sounds So dirtier. we'll give it to you, Marty. It's yes. the King. The, this regional answer was King Kong Ding Dong. We'll take it. All right, here's your next one. It's a soiled foot stocking decorated with pictures of Tina Fey, Alec Baldwin, and Tracy Morgan. Yes, James. A 30 Rock sweat sock. Ooh, oh, so it, close. I don't know. Can we accept that Is one? it a dirty sock? 30 Rock. Yeah. Marty's got that. We'll give it to Marty. And actually, your prize today is going to be a whole box of those. It's the 2011 Tony Award-winning play about a boy and his equine on the battlefields of France served with an appetizer, salad, entree, and dessert. A four-course warhorse? Yay! Very good. Thanks. Four courses, exactly. But you do also get coffee and a sea biscuit. Mm. Mm. That was a good one. That was a good one. It's a Japanese martial art developed by Supreme Court Justice Samuel. Oh, hands close to buzzers, but... But not going on... It's not... Can- oh, yeah, James. I'll go for it. Uh, Alito Aikido? Exactly right. <laughs> All right. Next one. It's a jumping skateboarding maneuver performed in a Pixar cartoon about a lovable robot. We got it. Oh, James? It's a Wally Ollie. It's a Wally Ollie. Very good. James, you are our winner of this round. You'll be moving on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. That was so much fun. Marty, how about a huge hand for Marty? great competitor and James we will see you for our final round thank you for playing all right that was fun okay Greg Pliska you're up can you give our audience another hint as to who our mystery guest is I sure can his name sounds like a phrase that could mean bequeath underwear (laughs) is his name gimme skivvies no no okay We'll find out soon. Let's welcome back in the meantime our puzzle guru, Art Chung. And we have our next two contestants. Let's welcome Rachel Wilson and Suzanne Wallace. Rachel, you have a many talents. I hear one of them is you can sing the alphabet backwards. That may be true. That may be true. Mm-hmm. All right, can you uh, take us back from M? <laughs> M-O-N-M-L-K-J-I-H-T-F-E-D-C-B-A. Yeah, nice. 
So usually you ask people, what do they do? Where are they from? But that was fascinating. Well, and well you. done. Thank you so much. Suzanne, you also can do a little backward speaking. Is that correct? Yes, it is. And ha- what brings you to the backward speaking land? Um, you know, it was something that I just discovered that I could do when I was seven, having a conversation with my cat. Weird. But... Yes. Um, <laughs> Full sentences backwards? Um, I can keep the same word order, and yeah. I can flip each word, the sound of it, in reverse. So I can speak extemporaneously backward just by flipping the sound of each word. I don't know how I do it. It's just the way my brain works. Uh, your brain is crazy. Um, a little bit. A little can, bit. You, can you just say something to me like, uh, I don't know, how are you doing, Ophira? Something oh, like Arifa. Yeah. That's way better than the alphabet backwards. No, I think the two of you need to talk all the time. You guys are primed for this game. This is a oldie, but a goodie. It's something we call product placement. So in this game, we spice up titles of famous works of literature, art, and movies with a little product placement, okay? So here's how it works. I'll give you a short synopsis of a famous work with a reference to a product or company subtly added in. For example, I might say this timeless fantasy novel follows a group of talking rabbits in their quest for a new home and a fresh new scent of liquid fabric softener. Art, how would you answer that? I would answer that Watership Downy. Right, combining Watership Down with Downy fabric softener. Exactly. Okay, contestants, so ring that bell when you know the answer, and whoever gets more right moves on to our Ask Me One More final round. Are you ready? Excellent. Grant Wood's iconic painting depicts a dour couple in front of their modest home with a man holding a pitchfork and the woman holding a platinum credit card. Rachel. American Express Gothic. Correct, American Express Gothic. (laughs) Don't leave your farm without one. Exactly. Rodgers and Hammerstein collaborated on this musical about an English governess and a bossy Siamese monarch who always wanted to have it his way, especially when it came to Whoppers. (laughs) Suzanne. My fair... Whopper? <laughs> no, the king, the king, the Burger King and I. The Burger King and I. Yes. My Fair Whopper, it hasn't been made yet. <laughs> Dante's epic poem tells of the author's allegorical journey through three realms of the afterlife where he experiences sin, penitence, and endless reruns of South Park and the Colbert Rapport. Suzanne? No, I think it's Rachel. Oh, sorry, Rachel? The Divine Comedy Central? The Divine Comedy Central, yes. (laughs) Okay, this seminal work of 20th century ballet features music by Stravinsky, choreography by Nijinsky, and green-hued deodorant soap by Colgate Palmolive. The Rite of Irish Spring. The Rite of Irish Spring. In Stephen Crane's timeless tale, a private in the Union Army attempts to overcome his cowardice, longs for a wound to prove his bravery, and hungers for endless shrimp at a casual dining seafood chain. Rachel. The Red Lobster Badge of Courage. The Red Lobster Badge of Courage. (laughs) Which I think is what they give you if you agree to eat there late on Monday night. 
all you care to eat, not all you can eat. <laughs> all you care to eat. Nice one, Rachel. Opening with a famous glissando for clarinet, this George Gershwin classic marries jazz influences with elements of classical music and was written while the composer flew on a low-cost airline from JFK to Long Beach. Rhapsody in JetBlue. Suzanne, Rhapsody in JetBlue. And we have a tie. Uh, Here we go. This is your tiebreaker. Based on a true crime bestseller set in Savannah, Georgia, this 1997 film centers on an antiques dealer accused of killing a man in a quarrel over pink and white licorice candies. Suzanne. Midnight in the Garden, pink and black licorice candy. (laughs) Rachel. Midnight in the Garden of Good and Plenty and Evil. Yes. Congratulations! You have won this round, and we'll move on to our Ask Me One More Final Round at the end of the show. Big hand for Suzanne. Another hand for Rachel. You guys are great contestants. Thank you so much. All right, let's welcome our next two contestants. We have John Katz. Hello. Hello. And Amit Kooner. Hi. Hello. All right, John. Here's my question for you. How do you meet people? In non-scandalous ways through Craigslist. In non-scandalous ways through Craigslist. Yes. All right, that sounds like a sentence I'd like to hear more about. The pinnacle of it all is my lovely and beautiful and amazing sweetheart who is over to my left. Uh, She had something for sale. (laughs) Uh, She was selling something. It took a couple tries to buy it. She was selling a desk. Uh, 45 minutes of back and forth. Uh, I said, hey, you're kind of cool. Why don't we hang out sometime? She paused and said, okay. And that was Craigslist love. But Wow, that's beautiful. About a year ago, I went, to, I went to go buy a TV off somebody. Ten minutes later, we're watching a horse race, eating guacamole, drinking frozen margaritas. It's just a beautiful way to live. That is the best use of Craigslist I have ever heard. Ahmed, how do you, how do you meet people? How do I meet people? Yeah. Uh, not through Craigslist. No? No. <laughs> and you work uh, in digital media? Or I you... do. I work in advertising. Oh, that's a good way to meet people. Yeah, it is. What kind of advertising do you do? I do social media. Oh, this advertising. Is... Oh, mainly. you're one yeah. of these people that pretends to work, but right. all you're doing is you're on right. Facebook just, and tweeting. I'm just updating like my status all the time. Got it. All right. <laughs> well, this game is called "Give Us the Bird." Jonathan, our contestant's just going to give us the board for this whole game. Is that what's going on here? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, they're going to they're gonna just uh, give us the finger, and uh, we'll give them some points. Uh, we're going to ask a series of questions about fictional or real people, all of whom have names that include the name of a bird. For example, Art, if I said, for 20 years, actor Kelsey Grammer played what legendary NBC sitcom character, you would say? That would be Fraser Crane, because a crane is a type of neurotic bird. That's right. So contestants, ring in when you know the answer. Whoever gets more right moves on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Are you ready? Yes. yes. Okay. Nicknamed the Lady with the Lamp, what Englishwoman developed her pioneering nursing practices during the Crimean War? Florence Nightingale? <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
What former Mickey Mouse Club child star is now all grown up and making fans swoon with lead roles in films like The Notebook and Drive? Amit. Ryan Gosling? Yes, that's right. I know even his name is adorable. It's a he's little adorable. baby goose. I know, he's fuzzy all over. He's like the male version of a swan. What young Grammy-winning country and pop star had her first hit in 2006 with a single titled Tim McGraw? Amit. Taylor Swift? That is right. Yes. Apparently a Swift is a kind of bird. (laughs) Did not know this. It flies fast. It flies very fast, I guess. Swiftly, yeah. What co-author of the Federalist Papers was also the first Chief Justice of the Supreme Court? Just cycle through all the co-authors of the Federalist Papers. Find the one. Think about which one of them was also the first Chief Justice who has a name says, yes, John. I'm going to say John Jay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah! And we have a tie, ladies and gentlemen. It's that kind of show, tie and tie. Yeah, I get to do a lot this time. Yeah. All right, here's your quick tiebreaker. Two words. Pro skateboarder. Amit. Tony Hawk. Yes, you're correct. (laughs) Amit, you'll be moving on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. John, fantastic. Big hand for John Katz. Thank you, Amit. Okay, we've reached the part in the show where I'm going to reveal a little secret, and that is who our mystery guest is for this week's show. Here's what we know about him so far. He loves table tennis, and his name has something to do with bequeathing underwear. It's New York Times crossword puzzle editor and weekend edition Sunday puzzle master, Will Shorts. Coming up, we'll find out what happens when Puzzle Master takes on his Puzzle Grasshopper. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and you're listening to NPR's Ask Me Another. Welcome back to Ask Me Another, NPR's hour for people who considered calling their first child Ken Ken. I'm your host, Ophira Eisenberg, and joining me is this week's mystery guest, Will Shorts. Welcome to Ask Me Another. Thank you, Ophira. So, Will, you've been described by your fans as the nation's master of linguistic play. And I've been told that you have this degree in enigmatology. That's right. uh, Which is a made-up degree, and I think it's your way of saying that you skipped classes and wrote puzzles in your dorm room for four years. Is that correct? I I have a degree in enigmatology, yeah, the study of puzzles. But you actually have a framed diploma that says this. Uh, Yes, I do, yeah. uh, My thesis was on the history of American word puzzles before 1860. Oh, just uh, just that one puzzle that you had to write about? (laughs) 
<laughs> what, what, Actually, I found puzzles go all the way back in the United States to 1647 in one of the earliest publications in the colonies. And this was in uh, the Massachusetts Bay Colony. And even in a culture like that, puzzles uh, struck a, a chord in humans. It was so important to them that they were making puzzles that far back. Wow, that's amazing. So you are carrying on the tradition of striking chords in people as they have you in their paper every day. Right. And you, ha- you make... Why do you make Saturday the hardest? Why, Why is Saturday the hardest? Monday is a hard day. Just do it on Monday. Saturday, people uh-huh. want to relax, feel good about themselves. I don't know about your weekends, but, uh, you know, maybe you've been partying too much, and uh, your mind's a little mushy, and, you know, it's kind of nice to ease into the week with an easy puzzle. And as the week goes on, then the difficulty increases. Saturday is a day you... Most people don't have to go to work, so you have a little extra time. It's a, uh, one of my predecessors, Margaret Farrer, called it a two cups of coffee puzzle. <laughs> That's why Saturday is hard. It's a two cup. I like that. And uh, when you're writing these and editing the puzzles, do you have a specific audience in mind? Do you think of an age group or someone sharing a certain kind of cultural references? Level yeah, of actually, I'm trying to edit for everybody. So it's a very diverse audience. You know, things that an 18-year-old knows is different from what a 40-year-old knows, which is different from what a 70-year-old knows. So I had to try to put everything in the puzzle and hope that uh, part of it is just for you. Is there one clue or answer recently that you were particularly proud of that you're like, ha-ha, yeah, ha-ha. What a, I, I, I think, picture you I doing that, that all the time, the time by the way. Actually, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the one that jumps to mind, and it's an oldie, the answer was Spiral Staircase. My clue was, it may turn into a different story. That is pretty amazing. I'm going to give it to you. That is, yeah, check mark says Ophira Eisenberg. Now, in addition to all the puzzles and ken-ken and crosswords, you also are a huge table tennis nut, right? And you just opened up a ping-pong parlor in Pleasantville? Oh, I was dying to say that. (laughs) You love alliteration. Yeah, I live in uh, Westchester County, New York, just uh, north of New York City. I've opened the Westchester Table Tennis Center. It is the largest table tennis facility in the country. We've got players from China, Europe, the Caribbean, all across the United States. And uh, I have played over 100 consecutive days now. Since I... uh, So when you're playing, do you feel like, you know, because you have patrons there, obviously, that are coming and paying I, to right, play right, ping pong, yeah. do you sometimes have to let them win and stuff like that to make I sure that... I never let anyone win. <laughs> <laughs> are you always winning, or do you have competitors that are better than you? Uh, there's a few better than me, but I'm one of the best in the club, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. yours. Yeah. Well, it, it better be. <laughs> All right, so uh, I hardly have to ask you this, formalities being formalities of the show, but Will Shorts... Are you ready for an Ask Me Another challenge? I would love this. All right. Then we have one for you. What a thrill. Will Shorts, everybody. Well, we realized that we obviously couldn't just pitch you up against just any run-of-the-mill contestant because you're Will Shorts. So we really thought about it, and we decided... For your opponent to bring on our very own puzzle guru, Mr. John Chinesky. <laughs> puzzle master, puzzle grasshopper. Hi, Will. <laughs> Hi, John. 
So, John, you work on the show, so I have to ask you to do this. I need you to swear on our Rubik's Cube. Please put your right hand on it. <laughs> do you swear that you have never seen any of the answers or questions in the next quiz that you will be playing against Will Shorts? Yes, I swear by this Rubik's Cube I have never <laughs> seen any of the questions or answers in this upcoming quiz. All right. Let's bring back Greg Pliska, our puzzle guy. Greg... What are we subjecting Will and John to today? Well, John and Will, this game is called Aging Gopher Maracas. Or to put it, to put it another way, Geographic Anagrams. Oh. oh. <laughs> everyone's <laughs> favorite, Geographic Anagrams. Wait a second, we're combining everyone's fear of geography with anxiety-inducing anagrams? I can't wait. <laughs> So here's how it works. We're going to give you the names of various U.S. cities and ask you to anagram them based upon the clue we provide. For example, if we said what Vice President Gore announced in Lima, that being Lima, Ohio, of course, you would answer, I'm Al, which is an anagram of Lima, L-I-M-A. That sounds uh, impossible, basically. (laughs) But we'll we'll start easy with one word answers and we'll work our way up. At stake is nothing except total puzzle bragging rights forever and ever. Are you ready? Ready. Yes. All right. Here we go. Tallies the votes in Tucson. Will. Counts. Very good. Yeah. Next one. Rescues sunken cargo in Las Vegas. Will. Salvages. Yes. I don't know. I don't know, okay. (laughs) I can barely do it, and I have the answers in front of me. (laughs) What a San Diego doctor might... John? Diagnose. Diagnose. Here's your next one. Macbeth and Macduff in Athens. Thanes. John, Thanes is correct. Clearly, this is too easy for them. They're not even working hard. I, there's no sweat. There's no pain. No, we've got we to gotta increase it. Let's make them sweat. We're making them sweat. From now on, we're looking for two-word answers. In Columbus, it's a private gathering place for large Japanese wrestlers. John. Would that be a sumo club? It would be a sumo club. Wow. All right. The bovines in Phoenix, who know all the coolest restaurants and the newest bands, are called what? John. Are they hip oxen? They are (laughs) hip oxen. (laughs) I guess we should have made it hard, shouldn't we? These next ones are 17 words. This is a new psychological condition in Anchorage where people become infuriated after eating too many Mexican appetizers. Okay, A. Ironically, (laughs) you only have to move one letter to get this answer. Whoa. Is it ranch rage? No. No. No, I'm out. Will? <laughs> Some kind of anger. Don't know, though. Okay. Audience. Nacho rage. 
Nacho <laughs> Rage is correct. I love a whole audience of people, though, yelling Nacho Rage. <laughs> there is something about that. All right. Will and John, here's another one. In Nashville, these are what fancy Italianate farms have instead of chicken coops. I think that's Will. Does it be Villa Hens? Hen Villas? Hen Villas is correct. Well, it looks like by just a hair, our puzzle guru, John Chinesky, won this round. Geographical anagrams. Well done, John. Will, I can't thank you enough, and I'd like to give you this Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. Thank you. Fantastic competitor and a wonderful mystery guest on our show. John, I give you one of these, but you have one. (laughs) John Chodesky. Feel free to sing along if you know it. Hey, Tom, it's Bob from the office down the hall. Good to see you, buddy. How have you been? Things have been okay for me, except that I'm a zombie now. Really wish you'd let us in. I speak for all of us when I say I understand Why you folks might hesitate to submit to our demands But here's an FYI You're all gonna die screaming All we wanna do is eat your brains We're not unreasonable I mean, no one's gonna eat your eyes brains we're at an impasse here maybe we should compromise open up the doors we'll all come inside and eat your brains jonathan colton making eating brains sound so delicious All right, Art Chung is back with us as well. Hey, Afira. And it is time, everyone, for what we've all been waiting for. It's our Ask Me One More final round. This final elimination round will determine this week's Ask Me Another champion. So we're going to bring back the winners from all of our previous rounds. From Two Tickets to Parodies, we have Matt Carmen. From Sublime Rhymes, James Bronson. From Product Placement, Rachel Wilson. And from Give Us the Bird, Amit Kooner. So this game is called Electric Boogaloo. Is that right, Arch? That's correct. What, I'm scared. What does that mean? Well, some of us are old enough to remember the 1984 breakdancing movie, Breakin', and its oddly named sequel, Breakin' 2, colon, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> As you may know, in Breakin' 2, Kelly, Ozone, and Turbo stop an evil developer from bulldozing the local community center through the power of breakdancing. <laughs> yeah, because breakdancing can do anything. Anything it can can't. be stopped through breakdancing. 
So contestants, this game is about movie sequels. We're going to give you the subtitle of a movie, and you tell us the film series that used it. So for example, if I said Freddy's Revenge, you would say Nightmare on Elm Street. Easy. Okay. We're going to play this spelling bee style. So one wrong answer and you're out. You'll only have a few seconds to answer. The last person standing is this week's grand prize winner. Okay? Here we go. Matt, Attack of the Clones. Uh, that would be Star Wars. Correct. <laughs> James, The Fellowship of the Ring. That would be The Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings is correct. <laughs> Rachel, The Spy Who Shagged Me. Austin Powers. Correct. Amit, The Wrath of Khan. Star Trek. Star Trek, yes. We're back to Matt. Dead Man's Chest. That would be Pirates of the Caribbean. That's correct. James, Pig in the City. Babe? Babe, yes. Rachel, Red, White, and Blonde. Legally Blonde. Correct. Amit, European Gigolo. Deuce Bigelow. Correct. <laughs> Matt, back in the habit. Uh, Sister Act. Correct. <laughs> James, Tokyo Drift. <laughs> Quizzical look. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, the seismologist who loved me. No. <laughs> Rachel, do you know? Tokyo Drift. Um, Two seconds. Yeah, no, I don't. Okay. Amit, do you know? The Fast and the Furious? That's correct. <laughs> We're down to Matt and Amit. Matt, when nature calls. Ace Ventura. Correct. <laughs> Amit, lost in New York. Home Alone? Yes. Yeah. Matt, Citizens on Patrol. Uh, Police Academy. Police Academy 4. I need that one. Amit, Golden Receiver. Air Bud? Yes. <laughs> Did you guys used to work at a video store or something? <laughs> Matt. The Legend of Curly's Gold. City Slickers. Yes. <laughs> Ahmed, The Edge of Reason. Five seconds. Oh, man. I'm sorry, we're out of time. I don't know. I don't Matt, know. if you know this, you will be the grand prize winner. Well, it's based on a, a V, V good book. It's a Bridget Jones Diary. Yes! <laughs> today's big winner. And you get our grand prize. Not only do you get this NPR tote bag, but you also get... You also get Will Shorts as your personal crossword puzzle hinter. He will give you his phone number, and on the day that you are doing the crossword, you can call him 
and get up to three hints. I know. That was amazing. Congratulations. Well, that's all she wrote. Literally, my script is blank, which means the hour is over. But it does not have to end here. You can find us in a bunch of clues we didn't get to. Just search for us on Facebook and Twitter. NPR, Ask Me Another. Other puzzle czars have been Art Chung. Hey, my name anagram to Narc Thug. And Greg Pliska. Sparkle Gig. The man behind the music is Jonathan Colton. Thou jolt the cannon. Additional puzzle writing contributed by Will Hines. Hells I Win. Dan Schofield. Caddish Fallon. And Noah Tarno. A raw wonton. Our audio engineer is Paul Ruess. Us true pal. Our house sound engineer is David Herkin. A trendiva. With production help from Eleanor Kagan. And Orange Lake. James Ramsey. Mama's Jersey. Soraya Muhammad. Madam Hears You. Carrie Thompson. Shy Pork Mentor. And Zach Miller. Call me Hertz. Ask Me Another supervising producer is Jesse Baker. Jab Seekers. Our executive producer is Eric Newsom. Kuriam Zen. We'd like to thank the Bell House here in Brooklyn, New York. Hot Heel Blues. I'm her ripe begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. NPR.